So there's no G-spot. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just say that now again <laughs> for the people in the back? Welcome to It's Not Human Sexuality, the show that goes beyond sexuality to reproductive health. Understanding the foundations of reproductive health allows you and the ones you love to make better decisions about your health, mind, and relationships. This podcast is co-hosted by Dr. Betsy Cairo, or Dr. B, and Mandy Johnson. If you're not comfortable with your own vulva, realize that waxing, somebody's going to be all up in your business. Dr. B has her doctorate in human reproduction and is a board-certified reproductive biologist. But the clitoris is very big. I think people forget how large it is. She is also a certified sexuality educator with supervisory standing and over 20 years experience teaching at the graduate and undergraduate level. She is the owner of the only commercial cryobank in Colorado and is the executive director of the nonprofit Look Both Ways. Her nonprofit specializes in reproductive health education. Mandy Johnson is a high school family and consumer science teacher with more than 15 years experience and a master's degree in education. She is also a certified sexuality educator and is treasurer on the board of Look Both Ways. The two have been friends for many years and are passionate about changing the way we educate our youth about their reproductive health. Since 2018, Mandy has collected anonymous questions from high school students in her class called Teen Choices. Every class period, the students must ask their anonymous question by writing it on a sticky note and dropping it into a box. Today, Mandy has collected more than 500 questions. On this episode, our experts, Dr. Betsy Cairo and Mandy Johnson, will answer some of these questions for you. Are you ready? Let's do it. Here we go. Another episode of Ask the Question on It's Not Human Sexuality. This is a good one. First question is, and I'm reading these verbatim how they were written. The question is, is it healthy to wax your vagina? Oh, ouch. No. Because you need your vagina is on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the vagina is on the inside. It's a mucous membrane. It That would hurt Doesn't like hair. waxing your nose. Except the there's at least hair nose. on your, yeah. Except there's at least hair on the inside of your That's nose true. to pull out. Yeah. Uh, inside Ouch. the vagina, there is no hair. So I'm sure what somebody meant mm -hmm. was, is it healthy to wax your vulva, mm -hmm. which is the word that describes the entire uh, external anatomy on somebody born with female anatomy. Yep. And so, Betsy? Is it safe to wax that? Um, okay, so probably, but that tissue is pretty tender. Mm -hmm. There's usually not a lot of hair on it. And the hair that is there is there for a reason, but you could you could probably wax it. I would be really careful. Uh, even shaving can be you know kind of touch and go. Um, but I suppose I would ask myself why I want to wax it. And I think that um, to me this leads me down the road of women waxing and shaving and societal standards, societal standards, and making sure that you're. Vagina, which is inside, which we just talked about, the other V word, vulva and vagina. And it has to smell like roses or something, right. you know. And so I think all of that for me, wrap, that question wraps up into things like, why are we concerned about that? Yeah, I would, I would agree. Now, I do know that the younger generation, younger than me, there are a lot of people who shave and wax and not just females, but also males uh -huh. who, you know, who they shave and wax grooming. their... 
their um, scrotum and stuff. So uh-huh. I know that's a that's a thing that's that it's a question that comes up a lot for my teenagers. And um, I say basically the same kind of thing. I mean, it's it, it's it's not like the worst thing you could do or anything. But again, that hair is there for a reason. Yeah. And you can get ingrown hairs. Uh-huh. And depending on how if you're using a new razor, or an old razor, you can get infections. You yeah. can it could make you. I don't know what, slightly more susceptible for an STI if yeah. you've got open sores. Of course. Um, you know, if you've got open sores, either because you cut yourself shaving or because there's an ingrown hair or because, yeah, you know, um, anything like that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, somebody might ask a follow-up, like, is trimming safe? Is, is just cutting yeah. the hair grooming? Manscaping. Manscaping. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But again, you just have to be really careful with the scissors. I mean... It's an area that's hard to see on your own body and and you're using scissors. And if you're doing it in a mirror, everything's backwards and opposite when you try. And that can be difficult for people. So so safety is is mm-hmm. good because it's a very sensitive area to cut or mm-hmm. end up getting nicked or having infections and things like that. So, I mean, so if you're going to do it, research it, yeah. you know, ah, but the most important thing about doing it is you have to know your body. You have to look at it. You have to feel comfortable touching it, working it, yep. you know, and then be aware that the products you use have to be approved for that area. Yes. Wax is, think about what, it's hot, right? Mm-hmm. And you could burn yourself. So yeah. you have to be careful. Well, and a couple other things I'm going to throw out here. One of them is that if you're, if you're waxing, a lot of people go get waxed, like they'll go to a salon and get waxed. And just something to keep in mind is that if you're not comfortable with your own vulva, realize that waxing, somebody's going to be all up in your business. <laughs> right up in there like just like their face they're all up in your spread eagle business so you know just something to keep in mind and if you're doing it yourself uh you might want to try on your legs first before you decide if you can actually pull that wax off of something as sensitive as a vulva oh um, because if you can't do it on your own legs you're not going to be able to do it on your on mm. your genitals so test it somewhere else that has hair that's less sensitive before you try waxing your own genitals because yeah, most people, not most people, I don't want to say that. A lot of people don't have the willpower to, to give themselves that much pain and actually tear the wax off. Right, now they have wax on their vulva. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I want to say is make sure you're not allergic to the wax. I I found out the really hard way that I'm allergic to wax. I got my eyebrows waxed and my face swelled up so bad. Uh, and I just, I want to throw out there that you wouldn't want that to happen to your genitals. <laughs> so make sure that you're not allergic to anything because I'm allergic to beeswax and I found out the real hard way. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I remember that. It was great. Is the clitoris the only way to have an orgasm? What about the G spot? Oh, can I take this, please? Please, please do, please. Betsy. Okay. I know you love this. I love this. So... There is no such thing as the G-spot. We have gone round and round on this. There is no anatomical structure in the human body called the G-spot. They've taken cadavers, looked for it. Um, what they're looking at, what you're, what they're talking about is the, the, like the back door of the clitoral nerve bundle mm-hmm. inside the vaginal vault that has stimulus, has feeling. But the clitoris is very big. I think people forget how large it is. So yeah, in case you're confused when when we talk about the clitoris being large, most people think of the clitoris as the size of a pea, the part of the clitoris that you can actually see on the vulva, the outside of the body. But Mm -hmm. that is just the glands. Or on a penis, we'd call it the head. Or the Um, glands. Yeah. It's the glands. It's the it's it's just the the tip of the clitoris, which actually is a much larger organ that has a shaft. 
Um, it's not a shaft nearly as big as the penis, but it does have a shaft. And then it splits into into two, splits in half. And it kind of looks like a wishbone. It does look a lot like a wishbone. And then inside the wishbone are two bulbs. Mm-hmm. So and it's a wishbone with meat on it. It's a wishbone with meat on it. And yeah. it's it's just a much larger organ than um, than what? what you can see. You can only see a teeny tiny bit of the actual yeah. organ. Um, it, yeah. And it does get erect like the penis. Mm -hmm. It has erectile tissue from stimulation. And, uh, and most of the time, if you've ever, and if anybody out there has seen or Googled a picture of the clitoris, which you can do and get a lot of pictures, pictures of now. the actual yep. thing, um, most pictures are of an erect clitoris. Yeah. Most pictures are not showing a yeah. flaccid yeah. Uh, clitoris. It's showing what it looks yeah. like erect when it's full. And so. Because it has, there's a clitoral hood that protects it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That retracts during erection. Yep. Yeah. Kind of like the foreskin. So, yeah, whenever we talk about uh, what we refer to as male anatomy and female anatomy, is they all come, a lot of the structures are the same tissue, they just look different, kind of like a tostada and a taco. Yes. <laughs> but it really is, a clitoris is the only thing that's going to give you an orgasm. It's just sort of... Where is it being stimulated right, from? Right, where it's being stimulated from, but it's all clitoral-based. And when people say, well, I have a vaginal orgasm or I have a clitoral orgasm, that's they're the same thing. It's yeah. not so. It's all based on the clitoris. The clitoris it only does one thing, and that's for sexual pleasure. And there, there really is only one kind of orgasm. It's just you might refer to it as I had an orgasm from my clitoris being fingered. What you might think of as a clitoral orgasm versus yeah. I had an orgasm while I was being penetrated with a penis or a sex toy or something like. But it's the same. It's the same orgasm. It's there the is same, no, right? There's no, there's no diff. It's, there's no yeah, difference. It's, it's right. just where is the the clitoris right. being stimulated from? Is it being stimulated right. on the glands that you can see, the little yeah. part that you think is the Internally. clitoris, or is it being stimulated from the inside of the vagina? Right. Yep. So there's no G spot. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just say that now again <laughs> for the people in the back? <laughs> this is a really important question. This uh, one comes up a lot. Yes, it does. And the question is, is there any way to grow your penis bigger? There was a documentary on this. Did you know that? I did not. So there was this fella, uh, probably I think mid-20s, early 30s, that he felt that he was small in size for what he was reading and what he thought was typical size of a penis as an adult male. And so he wanted to figure out how he could make his penis bigger. So he researched it and he started traveling to different countries to discover what do they do or what is considered typical size and got himself into a situation where he was almost so desperate, he was willing to have some unknown substance injected into his penis because this back alley person said this works. And the producers, and they're like, are you... Because he this is he's being filmed this whole yeah. this whole story, and he finally just breaks down. He says, "I just can't. I can't do this. I can't do it." And what it just came down to was him accepting that, based on what we say in medicine or what we see as typical or average size, he was smaller than that. And so the answer to the question is: Is there anything you can do to make your penis bigger? And the answer is no. no. You can't make yourself taller. You can't change your eye color at least permanently. You can't make your boobs bigger without getting pregnant that's not even a thing or having implants but even then but so, even then that's yeah, not your that's boobs not, getting bigger right? you know that the, 
there are things in nature that we're born with that that are what they are. Yeah. And penis size is definitely one of them. And that's, you know, I know it's emotionally traumatic for for people. And watching this documentary was just a real eye opener to me about how how desperate it, he was, you know, to be to feel he didn't feel like he could be pleasurable to he he identified as heterosexual. And I think that that's really important for our listeners to know is that sex should never be about a product, right? Okay. It shouldn't be product oriented. Oh, we're going to have sex and I'm going to have an orgasm. It shouldn't be that. It should be based on pleasure and communication and intimacy. And, and so we need to get away from this product oriented society and more into the process of enjoying the process. And I hope that for those people who identify as male and have a penis that they feel is not big enough can do that because it's all that body image self-acceptance yes. thing. And, you know, even if even if you are having sex with the results in mind and hoping to have an orgasm, there are ways to do that with a smaller penis, without a smaller penis. I mean, there are, there are ways to give pleasure to male and female bodies that don't involve penetration. So explore the other ways that make your body feel good and realize that Lots of things can bring a person to orgasm if what you're trying to do is experience pleasure together. There it is. Um, so, Sex should be about pleasure. Sex should be about pleasure. You asked this one because you know how I feel about it. All right. <laughs> Our, the next question says, logically, isn't it smarter to have birth control for the one who can get multiple people pregnant rather than the one who can get pregnant? Mm. Um, definitely somebody asking, why don't we have male birth control if they're the ones that can spread their seed to so many where females can only get the pregnant once at a time? So, Betsy, I know you love this one. Yeah, so because you know I'm a reproductive biologist and because you know that my specialty is male fertility and because you know that male fertility is so fragile, I don't like the fact that we are trying to research a male birth control pill or anything like that because we haven't perfected the bounce back, meaning, yes, we can stop the testicles from producing sperm, but we haven't really perfected their ability to bounce back once we remove those chemicals or those hormones and get the testicles to start producing. The ovaries are very resilient in that. We can make the ovary really quiet and not have it ovulate for years and then stop whatever we're doing and have the ovary wake up pretty readily and probably full functioning. So for me, there's that concept, just the biology concept. And, and can I, this is a function I assume because ovaries are meant to stop, like say during pregnancy, ovaries yes. stop themselves where sperm never stops they sperm never in stop. nature never stops no it's so, a constant conveyor belt yes. of producing sperm and there's not a start and a stop to that cycle like like ovaries do right. and so you're trying to stop a conveyor belt and at what point do you stop that and then where do you pick up right so i really struggle with that and then i also struggle on the other side of it with respect to why do people who have ovaries want to advocate the control over their bodies to somebody else. To somebody else. Yeah. I, you know, I find that very interesting. And, it, and that might be a function of my age because, you know, I grew up in a time where birth control was not readily available and people literally put their lives on the line. So women of all walks, of all categories, of, of any married, non-married, whatever, 
could have access to birth control. Right. And so for the later generations to say, I want you to take care of that, to me is really disempowering. Yeah, is what, is I, what it I feels but you like know, I, and I, but so I just, I like to be in charge of me. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. I mean, I, I, as a young teenager, definitely questioned this in the same way. Like, why is it, why do we do it this way? So I, I understand the, the, where they're coming from. But I think that when I thought this way, it was definitely before I was, I had had babies and, and mm -hmm. realized the, the depth of the consequence of those choices, mm -hmm. I guess is what I'll say. There's an empowerment to to being able to choose for yourself when this happens, when it doesn't happen, and it definitely can feel like an injustice that that only one you know set one half of the population has to deal with this. But one of the things I like to remind my students about is that there are male birth controls. Yes, if that's what you want to call it. Exactly, it's, it's called a condom. Yep, and and there can be responsibility on the person with a penis to make sure that ejaculation doesn't occur and that the pregnancy isn't going to occur because of them, and that is called a condom. And the hormonal stuff, yeah, it's bummer that that you know, like when you're taking it and you're getting those side effects, and you're thinking it's not fair that I have to deal with all of this. It might not be fair, but it is the way to control for your you. own self it's the yeah. way to control your own body yep. and and that's such an important thing to you know can you I, I want all the all the people who who think of it as an injustice to really think about if there was no birth control that females could take on their own and it was all based on male and their choice to take it or not take it where would that leave us huh the it would leave still. us pregnant <laughs> Handmaid's Tale, yeah, great, great example. No, but think and, about that. That's a great. Yeah. Pers that's a great it's perspective really important because for us to take control where we yes, can. This is exactly it. You call the shots. You get to say when I or you know in a conversation with your partner if you're mm -hmm. ready to start having children and want to experience pregnancy. But still, I I hear you. Why would I want my husband to be in charge of whether or not I'm going to get pregnant that month? Yeah. And maybe, I, again, it's just a function of who we are. But, yeah. I mean, I wasn't married when I got my tubes tied. But I can tell you, given the choice between me getting my tubes tied and a husband getting a vasectomy, I still would have got my tubes tied. Yeah. Because I don't want any more babies. Period. Yeah. With you anybody. Know? With anybody. With any, And I don't know what life is going to bring me, you know. I yeah. have no intention to cheat on my husband. That's not a thing. But, I, again, I wasn't married when I got my tubes tied. But I... I just, I want that power in me. I want to know that I am yep. not going to have babies, you know? It's, yeah. It's not up to somebody else ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there it is. I mean, that's, that's, I think we should end on that. I think that's I a think good place we should to end. Let people, people with a penis can be empowered to put a condom on and people without one can be empowered to choose their own form of birth control. Absolutely. This podcast was created to promote Look Both Ways and the textbook written by me, Dr. Cairo. Look Both Ways is a nonprofit organization based in Loveland, Colorado, with the mission to educate our youth about their reproductive health to make informed decisions for their future. We do this by educating the educators through professional development, and we also put on free conferences for both teens and parents of teens and preteens. Textbooks used in schools are donated by Look Both Ways to eliminate the money obstacle for schools piloting or adopting our curriculum and textbook. 
As a nonprofit, we are always fundraising and accepting donations. For more information about Look Both Ways, our fundraising efforts, or to make a donation, please visit us at lookbothways.us. That's L-O-O-K-B-O-T-H-W-A-Y-S dot U-S. This is Dr. B. And Mandy Johnson wishing you well. Be sure to catch all of our episodes of It's Not Human Sexuality on Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're even on iHeartRadio. This podcast was produced by Peach Islander Productions. I can conduct too. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Ready?